we thank God that we've got a written revelation. It's the Word of God. It's alive and powerful and sharpening to it. It's sword. This is the place we go to know the Bible. This is the place we go to know the specific will of God. One of the aspects of the specific will of God is this. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but wise, making the most of your time, for the days are evil. And then I think he goes on to say... It, well, it doesn't. It, it really needs to have verse 16, which says the idea of make... Well, it, therefore, be, that's the two verses put together. And he basically says, make the most of your time. And he talks about walking wisely. Look what he says. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. So specifically, he actually says, live wisely. And so his will for our life is to live wisely. So they tie together. He says, my specific will for you is that you live wisely. And so then when you make a decision, which he doesn't give you the information for, he says, well, make a wise decision. That's the best thing to do. When it comes to making those kind of decisions, we've seen this, that as we seek to make decisions, when we have no biblical revelation to go, we want to make these wise decisions. That's the plan. So last week I gave you, the, on the handout, we, on the very back of the handout, was, was, uh, was, was another handout, which on one side was how to make wise decisions, the other was just some other information. We didn't put it again, but as we go through this material, we have it once again for you, and I want to highlight some things. And I, and, and I was surprised because I had a number of people come to me and ask me a couple of questions about something that I thought, well, I, well, I, I just thought everybody knew, so I, I'm going to go over some details on some of the things. But let, let's talk about this. What, how do we make decisions? The first question is this. You've got a decision to make. Does the decision come under the specific will of God? Is it found in the Scripture? Is it a specific command? Because if it is a specific command, it's going to be a right or wrong issue. So it is right or wrong. And so do I do this? Well, the Bible says don't do this, so what do you do? You say, I don't do it. Does the, do I do this? The Bible says do this. So if it says study to show yourself approved to God, then if you said, should I study the Bible, what's the answer? Yeah, because that, you don't have to say, I've got to pray about whether I should study the Bible. No, he's already told you to study the Bible, that kind of thing. Okay, sometimes there is a specific command, but sometimes there's just specific principles. The Bible won't tell you who to marry, but it'll tell you what kind of person to marry. The Bible won't tell you what job to take, but it'll tell you a, an honest job. But the Bible will tell you how to work as a workman. It'll, the Bible will tell you what to look for in a church. It doesn't tell you what church to go to, but it'll tell you what to look for, what kind of church to look for, what kind of thing, those kind of things. So the first big question that we have, and really this is the easiest one. Whenever you have a decision to make and you have biblical revelation that tells you right or wrong, you always obey the scripture. That, that's the easiest. But the second thing is this, what about, and so he basically says the things you've learned, received, heard, seen in me, practice these things, live out these things and the God of peace will be with you. Basically he says, take what you know from the scripture and this is how you live. This is the specific will of God. But then there's a second aspect and the question would be, does it come under the general will of God? I mean, do you have freedom? And the truth is, is there a specific revelation in here that tells you and you say, well, no, I can't find anything about whether I should buy this house. I can't find anything whether I should get this car. I can't find anything about what take this job. I can't find anything about whether I should live here or here. I can't find anything in there about it. So you're free. You're free to choose your course of action because it's not a right or wrong. And the goal is to make wise decisions. And we talked about a silly one. Well, not silly, just a, you, you want to buy a house. And you say, well, I love this house. This is, oh, I love this house. And you, and you, and you make $4,000 a month, but the house payment will be $2,800. Let me just say, what does that tell you right off? You can't, that's not a wise decision because you won't be able to make it. Pretty soon some other things will break, and before you know it, you're saying, we can't make the house payment. Okay? You, you could say that was 
a wrong decision. No, it wasn't a right or wrong decision. It was an unwise decision because he didn't tell you, you know, he didn't give you biblical revelation, don't buy that house. But he did tell you, be careful on what you might spend your money on and how you do all that sort of thing. So that's the big question. Now, uh, we talk about making wise decisions. Remember, we looked at Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, and Paul had a decision to make, but he didn't get direct revelation from God. So here's what he said. Therefore, we, can, we could endure it no longer. We thought it, what? We thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. That, if you said to, to Paul, did God tell you to stay in Athens? He said, no. Well, why did you stay? He said, well, I just thought that was the best thing to do. I mean, looking around with all the decisions, I thought it best to do that. We saw last week that he says in another place, we thought it necessary. This was he thought was the best thing to do. We saw when they chose the seven men to, be, to help with the dis- distribution of the, the widow's food, they just said, you choose. You choose from yourself seven godly men. So it wasn't that God told them which men. They weren't even God told them to do that. They said, this is a decision. Now, when people start talking about making decisions, one of the things they always say is, well, what about prayer? Where does prayer fit in? Because the overarching principle that most of us have heard all our lives is this. If you've got a decision to make, what should you do? Pray about it. That's why, you know, somebody says, hey, do you want to get this house? Well, we're, we're going to go pray about it. That's a, okay, tell me what you mean you're going to pray about it. Because if you're saying, oh, Lord, show me whether I ought to buy this house or not, he's not going to do that. I mean, people think he is, and they may wake up in the middle of the night with a stomach ache and say, oh, we must not supposed to buy it because I have a stomach ache. Oh, we must supposed to buy it because, I, you, know, uh, you know, or the phone's going to ring at a certain time, and that means I'm supposed to buy this house, and all kinds of things because I prayed about it. Well, when we pray, what do we pray for? What are we praying for? We're praying for wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5, any man lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. Well, he's not praying for direct revelation. He's praying for wisdom. Now, there, listen, there may be something that is found in the Bible that is a command or a principle that you don't know or you don't remember. And you pray and you say, oh, Lord, if there's anything here that I need to know or think about, give me wisdom. And he may bring to your mind a, a passage or a section, and you look it up and you go, you know, when I look at that, that maybe I'm... I don't think I need to do this. So sometimes when we talk about prayer, I don't want you to think that J.B. says, oh, don't ever pray. You can't, oh, don't pray. You don't need to pray. I'm saying don't pray for revelation. Don't pray for direct revelation because you're going contrary. You know, the Bible, I think the Bible's through. Don't you think the Bible's complete? Do you think there's going to be extra revelation somewhere? And if it is, where does it need to go in the Scripture? If God came and told you something, what are you supposed to do with it? When God told Paul something, he wrote it down, Right? And so where are you? Are you an apostle? Are you a prophet of God? Are you getting direct revelation from God? And it should go in the scripture. Most people say, well, I'm not. That's saying, okay, well, don't look for direct revelation. Look for wisdom. And if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Yes? Let's say there were two houses that were exactly the same house. Mm-hmm. And they were in two different areas. Okay. I mean, no choice on how. Yeah. Can you just... Of course. Okay, so there's two houses in this town. One's in one place, one's in the other place. Exact same price, exact same everything. In fact, if you worked that out, you'd say, good gracious, there's not really any difference in these houses. But you know, I really like the, the This house is by Chelsea, and I don't want to live by Chelsea. So what I want to do is live by Susie. Yeah, okay, I'm just kidding. So the, the bottom line is, and we're going to get to it in just a minute. What do you want to do? When you have a decision to make and you have freedom, what do you want to do? 
Okay, we'll get to it here in just a second, okay? So we don't ask for direct revelation. We ask for wisdom. So let me give you some steps, okay, some things to think about. The first aspect is go ahead and get godly counsel. Look, look what the Bible says. Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but an abundance of counselors, there's victory. It says over here, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. Listen, if you're going to buy a house... What if you were going to buy a house? You might say, I'm going to talk to Rusty. Rusty builds houses. He knows all about houses. I'm going to ask him, look at these two houses. They look the same to me. But Rusty, you know stuff about houses. He may go, well, I, I don't like the way that's set on there and this flows out this way. I'm not sure that's the house you want. I mean, he, he might just, and you say, okay, thanks for the input. Thanks for the wisdom. Okay, or if, if you were going to go buy a car, you might call Ron and say, hey, Ron, I'm thinking about this car. Will you look at it? What do you think? Or if you're going to do something else. I mean, the bottom line is it's okay to talk to people and get input. Uh, we just did some things in our house, and we called Rusty immediately and said, Rusty, what do, you, what do you think? We want to do this. Would you come look and see what you think? Okay? Okay. We're not asking for biblical revelation. We're asking for wisdom and input. And so sometimes you, you can, and I've got to look at my watch because our clock is off. Uh, you've got to do that. You've got to do that. Now, second, here's the second thing. What are the circumstances? I told you last week that I had a friend that wanted to go to med school. And he said, I think I need to be a doctor. I really want to be a doctor. He took the, is it MCAT, whatever you call it? Took it and failed it five times. After the fifth time, they told him, we don't think you ought to keep doing this. He said, I guess I'm, with the circumstances, I can't get in to be a doctor, so I guess I won't be a doctor. What if I said I want to go to Harvard? There ain't a chance. Let me just tell you. There ain't a chance. They'd say, um, Harvard Middle School? <laughs> you know, so let's just talk about that. There, sometimes there's circumstances. Now, let me throw something out. People always say, what are they? Open doors and the closed doors. Now, be real careful because somebody says, I got a job offering. The door has opened automatically because there's an open door. I take this job. Or there's a closed door. Well, sometimes closed doors, you can't do what If it's closed, it's closed. But what about the open doors? What about that if somebody says, hey, that, it's an open door. What should you do with an open door? Always take it? Not necessarily. Where does wisdom come in? Okay, look at this. Here's possible open doors. Opportunities for service. Here's Paul, 1 Corinthians 16. But I shall remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. Why? For a wide door for effective service has been opened to me. And, and, <laughs> and the, this is wonderful, there are many adversaries. He says, I'm going to stay here. Why? Because there's a big door opened to do a lot of ministry. We'd say, well, of course you should do that, right? Because there's an open door. Well, we'll look right here. When I came to Troas, this is Paul again for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was open for me and the Lord, I had no rest, not finding Titus. So I left. Taking my leave, I went to Macedonia. Paul, you had an open door. Don't you always walk through an open door? Not necessarily. You have what? Freedom. Just remember on choices that you don't have biblical revelation, you can get wise counsel, you can look at the circumstances, but once again, it's going to go back to what? Make wise choices. You have freedom. I don't want us sitting there going, I don't know what to do. I don't want to make a mistake. You can't make a mistake. Just understand, you can't make a mistake. If it's not a right or wrong, you can't make a mistake. You can make an unwise choice, but you can't make a mistake, and you can't sin in this. Okay? Now, one other thing, and I want to bring this up. 
And this is, I put this out last time called a fleece, and I had people come up to me and say, what, what exactly is a fleece? Or what do we mean by fleece? Well, if you remember, fleece is when you take a sheep or something and you take off their stuff and you got their stuff and you got it, right? Fleece you, okay? Well, Gideon, Gideon was, was, became a judge of Israel. And Gideon, they were, the, the Midianites were defeating them. And, and they were just destroyed. And all of a sudden, God appears to, Midian, to, to Gideon and says, you will be the one. I will use you to defeat the Midianites. You will gain the victory. I'm going to take you and use you. He said, me? I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm one of the least in the family, and my whole family is one of the least in the whole tribe. Why would you use us? And God says, I'm going to use you. And so he told Gideon, and look, look what happened here. But the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat Midian as one man. Let me ask you something. What's God's will for Gideon's life? Does he have direct revelation? What's he supposed to do? Don't defeat the Midianites. He's supposed to. Okay? If you wait a little bit in the passage, it goes by, and it's actually time to go do it. He's got the people ready. He's ready to go. And he goes, oh. Gee, I don't know if I'm really supposed to do this. What? What? What do you mean you're not? Did you have revelation? It'd be like saying, I don't know if I'm really supposed to study the Bible. I mean, I know he told me to, but gee, I don't know. So what did he do? He said this. Then Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel through me, what's God already told him? What God tell him? I will deliver Israel through you. If you will deliver Israel through me, as you have spoken before, he has to admit that God already told him that. Behold, I'm going to put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there's dew on the fleece only, and it's dry on the ground, then I'll know that thou will deliver Israel through me, as you have spoken. What does he already know before he does the fleece? He already knows God's going to deliver him. Is he getting revelation from God through this fleece? No. That's like a person says, I'll take this job within the next 10 minutes the phone rings. I'll take this job if they call me and they offer me this much money instead of this much money. I'll know to take the job. That's called a fleece. And what happened? Guess what happened? He took the fleece and he put it out and in the morning he woke up and there was dew on the fleece and the ground was dry. He went, wow. So God, here's another thing. What if... And this is exactly what he did. He said, what if tomorrow morning I wake up and the fleece is dry and the ground is wet? What would you say to that? You're an idiot. He's already told you what to do, right? So guess what happened? God did it for him. Okay? Twice. Now, do you need, did he need a fleece to determine what he was supposed to do? No. There are things in the Bible that the Bible is very clear and we don't need, and so, but what happens is when, when we come to the decisions like these and we say things like, I don't know whether to take this job or not. Do you have freedom to take the job? Do you get wise counsel? Do you look at the circumstances? Do you see how it fits? And now you have what? Freedom to choose. What if you said, oh, okay, God, you've got to tell me. So if the phone rings in the next 10 minutes, you're telling me to take the job. Okay. See, you, you can't, that's... That's not the way it is. And you, you're actually not trusting God. A fleece is not trusting God. So I want you to see that. So anyway, now, the third thing. And this, to me, is the key. Because first of all, you've got a decision to make which you have total freedom, right? 
and you can choose either way. It's not right or wrong. You're praying for wisdom. You've talked to some people that said, help me think through this. You know that it, maybe it's an open door, maybe it's not an open door. You know, whatever. You, you look at it and you say, of course, it's not an open door. Sometimes you can't, can't knock down the door. But sometimes you've got two open doors, and you go, what do I do? And then now you come to this last one, and that is, what do you want to do? Delight yourself in the Lord and what? What does it say? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. That verse doesn't mean that all the stuff I want, if I just live for God, he'll give me all the stuff I want. I want my, my Mercedes and I want this and because that's my desire. No, he says when you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you what? Desires. How many of you in this room, in your flesh, Desires to live for Jesus Christ. Desires to make an impact for Christ. Where do you get that? Where does that come from? Where does the desire to live for Jesus Christ come? You've delighted yourself and you say, Lord, I just want my life to count for you. And all of a sudden, you have desires to do this and to do this and to do this. Let me tell you, this is me. From the time I was like nine years old, I wanted to be a coach. I knew it. I knew it. I knew I was not big enough to play very much, but I loved sports so much I wanted to be a coach. And by the time I was in my teens, by the time I was a senior in high school, I knew I wanted to be a coach. The coach at Meridian High which is like my hero. He's still alive, Bob Tyler. He actually said, okay, you go off to Meridian Junior College, be a freshman, and every day you can come back and work with Meridian High School. And I did that. And then I went off to college the next year, and I worked with the track team at Delta State, and I worked with the football team at Delta State. I graduated, and what did I become? A coach. I coached at Cleveland Eastside High School, and then by the grace of God, I got to go to Mississippi State and be on staff at Mississippi State. Is that, if you're a young guy and you want to be a coach, where do you in, want to end up coaching? I mean, I like college a lot better than pro, right? I mean, you know, co college coaching, like, that's the biggest time of there is. And I got to do that from 23 to about 30. Why did I stop? This was the dream of my life. I trusted Christ when I was in college. When I went to coach at Mississippi State, at about the third year I was coaching there, I was not growing as a Christian, and there were some things going on. So I said to God, I'm through with this. Not, not coaching. I'm just through with trying to live for myself. I want my life to count from you from this day forward. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. I just want my life to count for you. And over the next five years, he changed my desires. And I started getting to teach, and I taught a Bible study on Tuesday night and a Bible study on Thursday night and a Sunday thing on Sunday morning and a Sunday thing on Sunday night, and I ran the tape ministry. And all of a sudden, I said, I love this more than coaching. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will what? Give you the desires of your heart. So how do you know what to do? You remember I told you the story about the girl that came to me and she said she didn't know whether she wanted, you know, if she wanted to go to take the, go to school in California or keep going to OSU. And the question I asked her, so we went through some things, and I said, "What do you want to do?" And she said, "I want to go to the school in California, but I don't know if that's God's will." Does she have freedom to make that choice? Has she got counsel? Yeah. Is it a right or wrong issue? Where did she want to go? You know what I told her to do? Go to California if you want to, because you're going to have a great time there, because that's where you want to go. I said, but you stay here, you'll have fun too. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not right or wrong choices. So, when, and just like Susie said, you have two houses, 
And they're both the same. Everything is just wonderful about them. But in reality, you said, I really, I like this part of town better because I'd rather I live there. Okay, then live there, right? It's not a right or wrong choice. Almost time. So, is the decision that you're going to make something based on the Scripture found in the Bible? If so, what do you do? Obey it. If the decision is not found on Scripture, you have freedom. It's okay to pray. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. As I think through these choices that I have, give me wisdom. You can seek godly counsel. Ask somebody you love. Ask somebody you trust. Say, hey, you've done this a lot of times. What do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking about doing. And what are the circumstances? It could be that something you want to do, you can't do. If you said to me, you have a desire to be a pro basketball player? I'd say, oh, yeah. I, I don't think so, son. I mean, it's just not going to happen, right? I don't care if you're 15. You're still 5'4". You're not going to make it in the pros. I mean, let's just face it, right? So this, so there's some things you just look at the circumstances. But last but not least, what, what do you want to do? So here's the bottom line. Let's understand the biblical way of making decisions. There's those decisions in which you have biblical revelation. There's those decisions in which you don't have biblical revelation. And so when you don't, let's seek to make decisions based on God's word if and then having the freedom as we live wisely. So next week I've got basic information, but I've got two stories to tell you. And I want you to think about it. And then once you think about your life, how do you make choices I do not want you paralyzed by fear on making choices in which you don't have revelation in which God has already given you freedom.